They telling me it's time to go. So we're going to do that. Welcome to All Things 100. This is the live recording of the second episode of All Things 100. And we just happy to be here. And it's a beautiful thing. For those of you that do not know, I'm a feels person. So it just be one moment I'm feeling one way. And then it's like a roller coaster. I'm either going up or down. A lot of times I got it unchecked. I got it in check. And I'm on, I'm on the way up. But sometimes we are human and I go down. So as far as this podcast goes, a lot of it will not be planned. And it'll just be moments that I'll feel like, okay, I got to go. I got some material. I'm inspired to do something tonight. And... My mom's is in the building and she is actually watching this, this recording. And it's a beautiful situation because my mother used to come see me so many times while I was incarcerated. And she would ask me, son, what are you going to do when you get out? You know, you got to make a living. You got a family to take care of. And I used to say, moms, don't worry about me. I'm going to be all right, and I'm going to make it work. God's going to provide for me. As long as I put in first, I got no doubt about that because he's the one that provides. Anything that's going to hit us ain't going to miss us, and vice versa. So I told her, don't worry. And I got some things in the works right now as far as livelihood goes. I do feel that this is necessary for me to do. I come on here because the people need a voice and we got some fun. Today, if you catch me on YouTube, I got my chacabana on. That's a traditional Dominican shirt. Moms was coming to pick me up the day I was getting released. She said, son, what you want me to bring you? What is the one thing that you want me to have for you when you get out? I said, Mom, just go and bring me one of them chakalinas, dark blue joint. I'm cool with that. Everything else we can pick up after that. And that's what she did. She had a man, Luis, hook that thing up. She asked me for the measurements. She was a little worried because she like, man, this thing looks small. But I'm trying to tell her, I'm cut, slim, trim, and ready to dump some, so it's going to fit. I'm thinking if I got to wear the thing without all the buttons being done, that's what I'm going to do. If I got to roll up the sleeves like this, that's what I'm going to do. And I got them rolled up right now in the spirit of being Dominican, because that's what we do. I got some people that, that love me. I got the brother Showtime, the guy that's tuning in as well, bro, be supporting the movement and, and trying to help me out and give me the pointers as far as this technology goes. So look out for him, because he, he on the way up as well. Showtime the guy. Positive affirmation for sound self-esteem is what he represents. And it's all positivity. We're trying to feed the world. And she brings the chakawana. And I was feeling like tonight is the night. I go check up on the night because I'm feeling good. I wasn't planning to go on today when I woke up this morning. But I was inspired. I was inspired by people I dealt with today. And I've been saying for many years, especially while incarcerated, 
that the biggest, the highest, the most important commodity commodity in this world is people. And no matter what you're going through, it matters more who you're going through it with. Of course, we got to have faith in our Lord, our creator. And he puts these people in places and they are trial to us a lot of times. But I know that there was many times that even while going through the hardest things that a human being could possibly go through, I was feeling good because of the people I was with. I remember being in a hole, locked down for months at a time. And my day would just be a drag sometimes. And then sometimes somebody would show up and it would change everything. And that's the same way that I want to show up for people. I want to show up for people and, and change the situation because this is what we're here for. The golden rule is called the golden rule for a reason. As long as we treat others how we want to be treated, we're going to be good. And sometimes we just need reminders because we're human beings and we forget. So I want to be that voice that covers some of the regrets he has in his life. Not because he owes anybody, but because he wants to. That's what I have in my heart. So the Chakawana mommy came through. So I'm repping the day. I'm repping the day. So the people, like I was talking about, I encountered some people today. The first person I encountered was my physical therapist. My physical therapist, she's been doing an amazing job. My range of motion is coming back. It's only been less than four weeks. And I'm telling you that it's awesome to actually be in a situation where I got somebody that actually cares about my health. Because for so long, I had people that was telling me, you worry about it after you go home. Mm -hmm. To have somebody just take me in and not judge me for my past or for my race or religion or anything like that, it's just a beautiful thing. And it's something that for so many years I never experienced because being incarcerated means two things. You ain't going nowhere and you ain't got a voice because you will be talking at people, not to people because they're not listening. And whatever you say don't matter. Whatever they say means everything. So the cameras don't ever say the truth because the truth is with them. And it doesn't matter what really happened. It matters how they told it. And so many times I would be asked if I'm lying about something. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you ask me that? Why would you think I'm lying? And they would tell me, you are in there, ain't you? Oof. May God protect us. And I'm telling you that. It's just a beautiful thing. And me, I keep it up front with people. I'm not one of those people that just go around talking about, oh, I was locked up. Oh, I did so much time. Oh, I did this, I did that. But it comes situations where you have to explain to people what you've gone through so that they can understand how they can help you. And when this woman asks me, what's wrong with my shoulder, how I got my injury and all of these things, I have to explain that this is, a matter of years, years accumulating on my shoulder, whether it be the, the sleeping arrangements or the sports I play or everything in between. And everybody know you got to protect yourself while you're in prison. So I had to do that, too. And I must say that I had a smooth ride and it could have been so much worse because I've seen people going through it. But it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And when it came time to defend myself, I did it honorably every time. Every time. And I've taken losses in life, but 
It ain't been many. And it ain't never been nothing like what I've dished out. All for a righteous cause, I must say. All for a righteous cause. And it's a beautiful thing. So I saw my therapist this morning. And then I get in the car. What happened this morning was somebody called me and says, hey, I'm in Atlanta. I need some pictures of this house for some investors. Do you know anybody in Kansas City that could be willing to go over here to this address and take some pictures? It pays $30. It'll be on cash in. So I say, what's the address? I'm in Kansas City. So they send me the address. I see it 15 minutes away. I roll to this address. Bam. I, I do my, my Picasso. You know, the iPhone thing is a beautiful thing. So I throw the pictures up, bam, 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 20 of them to be exact. And I shit, I shoot them to him and shoot him the cash out. Bam. He sends me $30-something. And the beautiful thing is that it's just like that. Here we go. You got it. And I was, I, once I got my money, I was like, okay, well, this is $30 that I, I did not expect to have. So what do I do with the $30? And I say to myself, you haven't had nothing to eat all day. So another beautiful thing about the iPhone is you tell it what you need. And no matter where you're at, usually, as far as I know, hey, I want breakfast. Bang. Shoots you the list. I'm like, okay. So it goes from closest to furthest. Yeah, everybody know that. I hit close. Bam. Little k breakfast and lunch came through. They go from about 6.30 to 2 o'clock. I say, hey, that's the closest thing. I don't know anything about it. I call them because I got to call ahead of time because I don't eat pork. So I call them ahead of time. I say, hey, do you got a, a sausage alternative for, for breakfast? They said, yeah, we got turkey sausage. What about, what about that gravy? You got you got some good gravy for me? They said, ah, you know, we got that white gravy. We got the white gravy and, and we got some good biscuits. You can come on through and check us out. I say, none to lose. Hit it, bam. I go 10 minutes later, I'm at the spot. I'm chilling at the spot. Great service. You know, woman come up. I had to ask her, hey, what about the, the breakfast? Is it good? And the lady was Hispanic, so I figured that she'd keep it 100 with me. She'd be like, eh, you might want to roll out, you know? So she looked at me. She said, it's good. It's good. People say it's good. They come here all the time. It's American. And they got good bitches. People love those. I said, you know, I can go for some bitches and gravy. It's been a while. And if your business is good, the business and gravy will be good. So I take my business and gravy. But while I'm waiting on the business and gravy, I see this gentleman right over here on the right side of me. And older gentleman, he speaks Spanish. I look over there. I say, man, he looks white. He's light-skinned. Speaks perfect Spanish. He must be Cuban. Because, you know, Cubans got light skins. Dominicans, we got light skins, too. But some Cubans look white. And some Puerto Ricans look white. Some Dominicans, but very rarely. I'm light-skinned for Dominican. So I look over there, and I'm curious. I want to say something, but I don't want to be that guy. And then I see who he's talking to. And I know this person definitely is white. So I'm like, am I tripping? Is he speaking Spanish to a white individual? And... Sure enough, he was. Mid-20s, I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. I wonder where he's from. Curiosity got the best of me. I, I look over there, I say, you Cuban? He says, nah, I'm Puerto Rican. What about you? 
I say I'm Dominican. Now, me, a lot of people, they don't see Dominican when they see me. I don't know if it's the beard or the way I speak the English or what it is, but they don't ever see it coming. I've had Hispanics sit there right next to me and speak about things that they would never tell a stranger, but they did not think that I spoke Spanish. And a lot of times I let them find out. If it was going too far, I'd be like, hey, look, how you doing? They'd be like, oh, but, you know, most of the time I didn't say nothing because it was harmless. I've actually heard people talk about my, my fashion in a way that wasn't too nice. And I'm like, yo, you got to be kidding me, man. Because if anybody do fashion, I do fashion. That's what my wife's knock is on me. She's like, baby, why you got to have a closet like that? See, that's my closet behind me. I can't, we can't share a closet because I got too much stuff. But I ain't going to lie. I don't spend too much money on it. I like deals. And when I first got out, I was going through a thrift store. You know, it's thrifty. If it looked good and it looked new, who's going to know where it came from? And if I'm looking like money, then I'm feeling like money. So he calls me over. I go over there and I'm talking to him. Oh, man, my name is Alfredo, this and that. I'm introducing myself. We get to talking. And the, the gentleman, we hit it off right away. And this man was like, man, grab your stuff. Come on over here and sit with us. So I sit down and we start chopping it up. And he get to asking me things. And he got the FEMA shirts. I'm like, oh, man, so y'all work for FEMA? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm an engineer for FEMA. You know what? I said, yeah, I know FEMA. I know what they do. But what do you do for them? He said, you know, we, we, they say, uh, they do that, uh, the interest. Like they tell them how much they do the appraisals on the job, not the interest, the appraisals on the job. And he said, so we go out when it's disaster, we assess the damage and we pretty much put the grants together and we make sure that people get the help, you know, kind of like Maria and he threw it in being Puerto Rican. You know, Hurricane Maria came through and devastated Puerto Rico, and FEMA had a role to play in getting that country back together. So we chop it up about that. And then I address the situation next to me, because I'm like, how do you speak Spanish? I don't know you white. And he says, oh, yeah. But before I came over there, the funniest thing was that I said, what about you? Where you from? He said, Santo Domingo. Where I'm from? I'm like, man, this is too crazy. He said, no, 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 I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I ain't Dominican. So I go over there, we chopping it up. And I said, man, how do you speak Spanish? And he said, you know, long story short, is I've been around, my posh system traveling, and I actually lived in the Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo. And let me tell you something. He said, before that, I had been to Spain. And I thought I spoke Spanish pretty good. Then I hit the airport in the Dominican Republic, and I didn't understand a word anybody said. And let me tell you, for those of you that don't know, we chop everything up. Estás bicontá. And then you got para is pa. You know, everything is chopped up. So we just efficient. That's just what it is. We we make do with the littlest possible when it comes to the language. So he was telling me how he went on and learned the, the Spanish and it changed his life going to the Dominican Republic. Then he asked me about me and, and my plans and you know my, my travels. And I had to let him know, like, man, look, I ain't been nowhere because, man. And I told him my situation. I had just came home. I'm just trying to get my myself situated as far as work goes. We talked about work and, and the contract that I got and the things that I got brewing. And we talked about their work because their work is very important. Anytime this episode is about people, this is what we're talking about. And like I said before, anytime you're going through something, it's important who comes through and helps you because these are the people, the people that make the difference. 
I remember doing time and it would be guards that would make one day seem like two. They would come in just disrespectful, taking out everything that they're going through in their personal life on somebody who's already incarcerated. Now, how are you going to take out what you got going on with you that you don't like with somebody who's doing worse than you? If you can't come up in here and see what we got going on and feel blessed about your situation that you get to leave this place. Now, you signed up to come here so you can make a living. What you got to take that out with me for? That's how I feel it. But it's about the people. By the other token, we got people that will come in and will treat you like a human being. Far in between. I can admit that. But when it happened, it meant that much more. And you remember things like people like C.O. Woods. And I'm not big on saying names because I don't want to name drop people and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. But when it comes to the people, it is the people that make the difference in your life. Now, I can honestly say that when I became incarcerated for the reasons and the blame that I placed on myself for, for such a horrific event. It was a teacher that came to visit me in the county with my wife. And this woman sat across from me, not because they was paying her, not because somebody asked her to, because she wanted to. God put it in her heart to show up there and tell me, you are a good man, a good person, and you made a bad choice, but that does not change who you are. And it was that day it was that day that the load became just a little lighter and I was able to start thinking about my situation different and forgiving myself. To have somebody sit across from me that had taken in thousands of students as students in her career, for her to remember me, to see me on television, and then think to come see me. And not only to come see me, but to speak to the pre-census investigation people on my behalf. That's huge. It wasn't somebody that I feel like would do it just because they're my family. It was somebody who did it that God put there that would let me know, hey, this is real. And this is who you are. This is who she knows. This is who she sees. And it wasn't just one, but more than one teachers that came through for me in my incarceration. And when I was in 2019, right before I was due to get out, if I was granted parole, which I wasn't granted parole, but that's neither here nor there right now because, well, it is. Because that was handled by people as well. Ultimately, we know that God, if you got it coming, like I said, it ain't going to miss you. These people with the parole board ruled against me getting parole and said it was because of the circumstances of my case. They ignored everything that I had done since the day I came in and it took me 10 years to see them and I had already learned how to make cabinets and I had gotten my GED and I had done the classes and I had been an upstanding good citizen in prison and they ignored everything when their job is to assess how I've done my time they put they just said forget it he's got nothing coming his family doesn't matter his kids don't matter his mother don't matter break their hearts and I say, thank God, because I came home and I wasn't answering to nobody but him. And the time I spent with my family has been the greatest, and I ain't been checking out, checking into nobody except God. And I do that with my prayers. I keep them up. But I'm telling you that the teachers that came to my aid did things for me that nobody could have ever done. Nobody. And it was because of the way they did it and the timing, because timing is everything in life. I, maybe I wasn't ready to get out. 
Maybe had, had I got out earlier, only God knows what would have happened to me. Or who would have been out here waiting on me. Or how I would have handled the transition with somebody on my neck out here like I had him in there after all this time. So, back to the people. Back to the people. Because this right here is about the people. And I'm telling you that the way I felt with these guys today, strangers that I had never met in my life who put smiles on my face. And then he says, hey, our boss is Dominican. Good dude. Youngster. And he's a good man. You should meet him as well. And we talked about barbecuing and getting together and actually just having a good time. And, you know, I can honestly see that I saw the pain in that man's eyes when he looked at me. And I had to tell him, nah, man, I'm good. God is the best of planners. And what he done for me in my life, I wouldn't change a thing. Then the check comes. And I reach right away. He, he grabs it and he, I'm like, nah, man, the business is great. That's my ticket. He said, nah, I got this. This is on me. And that was just that much more beautiful. Not because I didn't have the money, because thank God, I'm not hurting. I've seen people that are hurting before. And that's not me. And I can honestly say that with what God has given me in my heart, of faith and strength, he wouldn't have to give me nothing for the rest of this world, for the rest of my life, and I would be good. I would be good. And I say that because I know after seemingly losing everything but gaining it all through him, that that's not what's important. This is what's important. And the people you do it with and you do it for, it's important as well. And as long as we keep our intentions right and we show love to our neighbors, to our families, to our mothers, to our fathers, to our loved ones, we're going to be good. And that's what I'm here for. I'm feeling myself, so I put the chakarana on and I keep this smile because this is who I am. I remember a friend of mine wrote me a letter while I was down and they asked me, you still got that smile? That smile don't go anywhere. That smile was with me through the toughest days, through the darkest days, and now it's right here through the brightest days. And it's God that put that smile there, so can't nobody take it away. Definitely not with money or because of hard work or because of tough times. Said it while I was down. What's a bad day once I get my freedom? Once I get to lay my head down next to my wife, once I get to spend time with my children, with my loved ones, what's a bad day? If you ever have a bad day out there, remember these days and you're going to be okay. And if it sounds like I'm rhyming, trust me, I ain't trying. It's just my time. Man. But the people, and of course, we are amongst them. So we have to think about who it is that we encounter on a daily basis, who it is that has a tough time, who it is that needs our help. And we need to extend that help because through the extension of help, we gain our own help from the one that matters most. And I'm telling you, this ain't for, for the movies, this ain't for the people, this ain't just to publicize you sitting there giving charity. It's best to let the 
left hand not know what the right hand is doing on most occasions. And if you got to do it and it's got to be seen because of the time, do it and keep your intentions pure as best as you can. And just know that the praise of men don't matter. And I'm telling you that I started this podcast so that people would know this. And I started it not because I knew the people would flock. I only got five people on YouTube live, but that don't matter to me. And if I only get five views or five listens on Spotify and Apple coming up and Google too, that's cool. If I can just reach one, I'm good. But let's hope it's more. Because with more comes better things. And I want everybody to know that we talking people. So I want to shout out a few people that have been there for me since I came home and I've made things so much easier. My brothers, first and foremost, who I came home. And when I got out, my people said, where we going to first? I said, 69th and Prospect. And they looked at me like, what? You know, that used to be the hood. And some people still say it's the hood. But I tell you, it's all good. And I'm like, we going there. And they said, what's there? I said, man, the house of God is right there, and I got to go check in. I got to visit that place. That's got to be the place that I stay attached to in order to succeed. And succeed I will as long as I do that. So we go there, and it's locked. They got the Zoom. They got the, the, they got the, the little camera on the thing because everybody got that. It, you know, the ring camera. So I hit the thing and I'm excited and I'm looking. I'm like, eh, what's going on? At this point, I don't even know this is a camera, right? Because I'm just getting out. So nobody opens. So I leave and I'm a little deflated. But I'm like, you know, I'll be back. And what do you know? One of the brothers see me in that camera and he says, man, I don't know who this person was, but this brother came and he was excited. And when I showed back up, he said, oh, that's you. That's you that was sitting there in that camera looking all happy and excited. And I said, yeah, that's me. And I explained to him my situation. And I tell him, you know, I heard that this is a spot for me to be at. So this is why I'm here. And they said, look, if it ever happens again, don't worry, because you got a key. And came out the pocket and gave me a key. That's the first time I had met these brothers. And I walked out of there with a key. And then I walked out knowing that I was somewhere where I belonged because I wouldn't be locked out no more if I needed to be in. And I'm telling you that these brothers have shown me love and have made sure that my transition was smooth. And as many a mornings that we had spent drinking coffee and eating breakfast and sweets and just brothers chilling. So I want to thank them for the things that they have done for me that have been invaluable. No price. They've been priceless. And I'm telling you that it's a beautiful thing because a lot of these brothers were brothers that I was incarcerated with 10, 12 years ago, three years ago. Some were my cellies, my cellmates, and I had some of the best mornings and days and nights with them. And we got to experience the, the harshness together. And when we did that, it was so much sweeter. It was it was like not even hardship because we just look at each other like, did that really happen? And think, are we really going through this? But now we out here and I'm telling you that it's beautiful when we out here in restaurants 
getting served. And it's beautiful. Whenever things happen the way you imagine them. So I want to thank them. I also want to thank my sister, my big sister, man. And I would drop her name, but I ain't going to do it because I'm not big on name dropping, man. But I came out and went to Florida. And she showed me a great time. They were expecting me, my wife, my daughter. I was going to, to Florida via Orlando, and she stays in Orlando. We got there. And unbeknownst to me, they had the cabin already rented for us, paid for. They had plans to take me here and take me there. I got to fish for the first time in my life with my nephew. And even though I had never met them before, it was like we had always been together. And my sister, when we was young, they thought we was twins. And when we got a little older, we used to dance at parties and we had this little choreographed dance. And they used to say, get the youngsters out here, get the youngsters out here. And we would dance while everybody sat there and watched us. But that's my big sis, man. Her family hosted us and it was a beautiful thing. After being gone for so long and not being not being able to be each other, with each other for so many years. You know, it's something like like blood that blood pools. It pools. So I enjoyed myself with them. My sister, my little sister, and her family, who actually came all the way out here to make sure they was at the gate to wait for me. The, the time that I spent with, with my nieces and my nephew Priceless, priceless. They too, everybody who I hold dearly in my heart. It seemed like every one of them knew me personally on a deep level. And it was a, a gift from God to actually be able to share with them without the awkwardness and just have joy and know that every place I have been, I belong. After spending so much time in a place that people that know me would tell me I didn't belong, I didn't want to hear it because I knew I was there to get the goods so I could come out here and distribute the goods. My parents, if I was to mention them every episode, it wouldn't be enough. But I love you, Ma, and I know you right here watching. They are my mommy. Just know that all things 100 is for the people. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that my intention always stays right when I come to y'all. I'm not coming to you to look a certain way. I'm not coming to you so I can tell you I'm balling. I'm not coming to you so I can tell you I'm rich. So I can tell you that I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But I will tell you I'm living and it feels great. And I will tell you I'm not hurting. Could my, could my situation be better? It's only yet to be seen. But I'm content. Everybody that's been supporting me, thanks for all your well wishes. Thanks for your views. 
But before I get off, this is about people. And I got to speak on that woman of mine who has held me down for so long. And every day she wakes up figuring more ways, new ways to put a smile on my face. And I'm gonna tell you something. If you've been hurt before and your heart has been broken, trust me, I've been there too. My heart had been broken in a way that I never knew if it was gonna be intact again or I would be able to love again. But God has somebody for every one of us. When we find that person, we got to hold on to them. And we got to open our hearts in a manner that doesn't take away from them because of what others have done to us. And I know it's hard, but when you have somebody, hold on to them. And when they show you dearly that they want to help you, allow them to take them in. And if you're dealing with things, if they the right person for you, they're going to understand. And they're going to stand by you anyways, because that's what mine's did. And I'm telling you, right here, right now, that love is real. Love is real. I get it every day and I give it. If you know somebody that needs a hug, give it to them. If you know somebody that needs some help, give it to them. If you see somebody that's doing worse than you, don't look down on them. Get out of eye and help them. And if you're going through something, look at those that's under you and not those that are above you. And it'll give you, it'll give you a new outlook. They say the grass is always greener on the other side. But I come from a concrete jungle and I tell you it's all good. So make the best of it. Make the best of it. So my people that's rocking with me, rock with me because I'm coming. It's just the beginning, inshallah. Everybody, peace.